Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in, turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Today we announced that North Carolina schools will be open for both in-person and remote learning with key safety precautions to protect the health of our students, teachers, staff, and families. This is the plan B that we ask schools to prepare. It's a measured, balanced approach that will allow children to attend but provide important safety protocols like fewer children in the classroom, social distancing, face coverings, cleaning, and more. Up in the morning and out to school The teacher is teaching the golden rule That was quite a contrast going from uh, the low-energy Governor Wimpy to Chuck Berry. We had to brighten it up a little uh, bit there. (laughs) It it needed some brightening. Uh, We have a mix of in-class and remote learning. Plan B. Students, teachers, staff got to mask up. Daily health screenings. Wash those hands. Guidance here just a few weeks before things start. Now, uh, we've got the audio from all of this. Been playing the announcement from the Gub earlier today. Uh, we'll go through that. We'll give you an idea of what this means for high school athletics, ball sports, etc. Uh, the uh, High School Athletic Association has also responded uh, to all of this, so we'll jump into all of this. Ben Byron producing today, the P Man uh, with you, uh, as we. Uh, as well on today's show phil's new magazine uh for the 2020 preseason they actually sent it off to the printers last week and uh, i believe he tweeted that they are uh they got their first kind of shipment of it today so they're going to be sending that off uh to you if you order uh, through phil's website uh phil's still coming up in uh, less than 20 minutes on uh the upcoming college football season and whether Phil thinks that there will be uh, college football. But let's uh, uh, talk about the here and the now. You heard the governor talk about that uh, schools will be returning. Uh, but the uh, remote option is still an option for uh, folks uh, out there. So uh, school district, basically what he has done today is kick the decision down to the school district. And if the school districts want to uh, you know, basically the school districts are going with plan B, but they have to be able to provide plan, uh, C, which is total remote learning. I think we've got this on cut two, Ben. So let's play that and listen to the gub talk about that. As a part of this plan, we want local school districts to provide for remote learning options for any child who chooses it. In addition, school districts will have the option of plan C, all remote learning, if that's best for them. So by kicking this down today to, uh, you know, the individual districts, and there's more than 100 of them in uh, North Carolina, because not only do you have, you know, there's the Pitt County schools, but you have counties in the state that have city school districts. Clinton is one of them, I believe, that separate from Sampson County, Orange County, and then Chapel Hill, Carborough. So yeah, there's there's you know micro districts within 
uh, districts that that all, that all kind of operate uh, separately from one another. So there's over 100 districts. These over 100 districts will have to make these decisions themselves. I know in Pitt County, waiting to see what the plan was going to be before they could move on with their plan. And that's kind of the case here. I, I think this bodes well for Pitt County and for Eastern Carolina as far as schools uh, being as close to normal as possible under that plan B. Uh, the Gov did say that uh, face coverings are a must. Face coverings will be required for every teacher, staff, and student from kindergarten through high school. The studies have shown overwhelmingly that face coverings reduce disease transmission. To help, the state will be providing at least five reusable face coverings for every student, teacher, and staff member. And we've already delivered a two-month supply of thermometers and medical-grade equipment for school nurses. Uh, and then the, the governor talked about social distancing being a must in these schools. Schools will be required to limit the total number of people in the building so that six feet of distancing is possible. For example, when students are seated or in a line. Districts and schools can use a plan that works for them, whether it's alternating days or weeks or some other strategy. Symptom screenings, including temperature checks, will take place daily before children enter the school buildings. Schools must create a way to isolate students who've, who have symptoms to ensure that they can get home safely. That's all. That's all they have to do. Uh, again, the, the thing about this is he has kicked it down levels, but I do think that this is a good thing as far as uh, the East not being held to the same standard as Charlotte or Greensboro or Raleigh. Uh, those urban centers may have a little more difficult time. They may go to an only remote situation, but they may have to, especially for high schools. In the East, that, that may not be the case for a lot of counties in the East, and I think Pitt right now you could include among those. Uh, so there will be this good mix of in-person learning and, and then any remote learning. Uh, the Gov did threaten, in a rather harsh tone, I might add, that he could always go to just remote learning only, cut five. The start of school is a month away for most of our children. And we know a lot can happen with the virus during that time. If trends spike and in-person schools cannot be done safely, even with these safety protocols, then North Carolina will need to move to all remote learning like we did last March. All right. And then none of these, one of these would not be complete without hearing from uh, Deputy Sheriff Mandy Cohen. Uh, and uh, she actually, I, I'm surprised she did this. She ran through the kids' stats talking about how younger kids uh, are, are not really susceptible to this virus in high numbers, big levels, or, or transmitting it. Hit that cut, Ben. Cut six. Children are less likely to be infected with COVID-19, and children get less severe illness than adults. Importantly, children who have COVID-19 are also less likely to spread it to others, even in school or group setting. This is particularly evident in younger elementary age children. So what does this mean? Around the time that the governor is holding this press conference, the High School Athletic Association uh, released this um, uh, press release talking about, uh, you know, return to in-person learning, as they put it. 
I think this is a quote from Hugh Tucker in the release. Uh, as was just shared by Governor Cooper, the decision on the starting of school for the 2020-2021 school year now puts us in a better position to make informed decisions concerning if, when, and how to resume athletic competition at NCHSAA member schools. We will continue discussing the numerous options and scenarios that have been developed and recommended, identifying the most appropriate scenarios. Uh, they say that their staff will work with board of directors, sports medicine advisory committee, and uh, other, as they say, stakeholder groups. Never good when you hear that term in you know, an official release. There's some lawyeries to solidify the details of the best plan for safety of the student athletes, coaches, administrators, and communities the association represents. So I, I would think no later than next week, we'll have a little guidance from the High School Athletic Association. You know, they had that press conference last week while we were away. And there was an indication in there, a, a scenario discussed about, uh, you know, October being a starting date. I, for one, think if the school's systems uh, are allowing practices now, delaying the start of athletic competition till October uh, would, would not make sense. And, and here's the thing where the governor has kicked this down and is putting all of this on the different school districts to, to make the decisions and what have you. Uh, the the association will uh, employ the none size fits all policy, in my opinion. I mean, Q Tucker told us as much. So if Pitt County's roaring and ready to go, but Wilson County's not, they're going to hold up the rest of the state, which is and that's just an example. It would more likely be one of the larger metropolitan counties. Uh, that takes us to our Twitter poll today. Now let's clean up a little business from yesterday. Uh, ben, we had the Twitter poll on the retirement of the Washington Redskins mascot nickname from uh, Redskins from uh, the football team. Uh, and uh, it was a simple question. What was the question, Ben, and what were the results of that Twitter poll? Do you agree with the Washington Redskins? Well, do you agree with Washington retiring the name Redskins? And we had the yes option or the no option. The winner was no with 64% of the votes, a majority of the votes. And then yep. yes, followed by yes with 33% of the votes. There you go. Uh, new poll up, uh, and this one is sort of a repeat of a poll we did a month or so ago. Uh, ben, what is the new poll? The new poll is given the governor's update on NC schools. Do you think there will be public school football or fall sports in 2020? The options are yes. Then there's yes, a shortened season, and then no, the overwhelming majority right now is 50% with no, followed by Ooh. yes, a shortened season with 31.8%, followed by yes with 18.2%. So very negative the people 18, here. I'm in the 18.2%. I continue to be positive. Uh, the 50% no has actually come down from where it was when we first put the poll up about 40 minutes ago, but no. Now, a lot of Debbie Downers out there. A lot of Debbie Downers. Uh, now, how does this contrast and compare with the poll when we asked this a few weeks ago? So, yeah, we we asked on, I think, June the 23rd, will there mm -hmm. be high school football this season in, in North Carolina? We asked, yes, full season, yes, partial season, or no. And mm -hmm. that was kind of like, that was, that was kind of split up and equally divided. We had the leader, yes, partial season, with 38.1% of the votes, followed by no, with 32.1%. 32% of the votes, and then yes, full season with 29.9% of the votes. So it was pretty divided in that poll that we had about maybe a month ago or a couple weeks ago. 
But right now, overwhelming, no. Now, here's why I think a lot of people are down on this right now. In addition to the school announcement today, the governor announced that phase two, we're in phase two right now of the reopening. It is going to continue on past Friday for a period of time. This is cut nine, the governor talking about the elongation of phase two. Today, I also announced that when the current executive order expires this Friday, July the 17th, North Carolina will continue to stay paused in Safer at Home Phase 2 for three weeks. All right, three more weeks. Maybe people are a little concerned about that because that includes gyms, as you know. Also uh, includes uh, the bars and nightclubs. Uh, this is the Gov on why he extended Phase 2 for two more weeks. It's for the children. Took a little play here uh, out of... Uh, out of, out of an old politician's playbook. It's for the children. Hit it, Ben. Now, our virus trends are not spiking like some other states. We have hospital capacity, and our percent positive is still high, but it's steady. However, our numbers are still troubling, and they could jump higher in the blink of an eye. Easing restrictions now to allow more high transmission activities could cause a spike that would threaten our ability to open schools. The most important opening is that of our classroom doors. He went with the Jim Hunt, it's for the children. Uh, so, you know, the, the thing that's disturbing about this to me is that we continue to kind of dink and dunk along two weeks here, three weeks there. And uh, is this going to extend into the election season? This now puts us into early August, so I would say unsure, uh, undoubtedly uh, you, you could see this extended a couple more times. Uh, but we will see. Those were the, uh, the comments from the governor at all today, and uh, we'll see how all of this plays out uh, and see what the High School Athletic Association decides. We've talked to the people at Pitt County Schools. I think we're going to have them on a little later, maybe a day or two, when they start to make their announcements of what they're going to do. Uh, Ron Butler would be included in that, the superintendent as well. So we'll, we'll discuss all of that with them uh, at a, uh, a future time. So uh, that is uh, that there. Cam Newton was making uh, news today. I'm not sure if we'll have time to get to that in this segment. Uh, we've got Phil Steele coming up, so maybe that's something we can get to later today or tomorrow. Uh, but Cam was sitting at a table making a video in a uh, kind of a weird, another weird outfit. But he was he was also making some more headlines, making some more waves. Uh, anything else, Ben, that, uh, we've missed here in the opening segment, uh, you've got a lot of ECU news coming up in the update, uh, how Baird is, uh, going into a, uh, a baseball related hall of fame. Of course, uh, coach Baird for a number of years has had an affiliation with the ECU program, uh, as a player, assistant coach, a head coach, and then went on to Auburn to great success. Uh, but, uh, so congratulations to him, a great gentleman and a great representative of the game of college, uh, baseball. Uh, Phil Steele, are we going to have college football? And what does uh, he think the season would hold for ECU, assuming we do? Those answers when we return with Phil Steele on the Patrick Johnson Show. I'm a follow that. Like us on Twitter at 94.3 The Game for breaking sports news, programming alerts, and the latest from the ECU Pirates. Patrick Johnson. For a guy who thinks he's cool, you're sure no fun. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. 
fans have been asking, no, no, demanding, where is Phil Steele? I want to know. And I kept telling them, Phil Steele's working on his magazine. He's redone. He, Phil's a great head coach. He came up with a new game plan, and he executed it to perfection. The Phil Steele preseason magazine is uh, available for pre-order now. We're going to get into all of that. You can get it digitally. Phil Steele, the great Phil Steele, joining us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Phil, my favorite interview I do all year is this one right here with you. Uh, it's very nice of you to say, Patrick. I, I really appreciate that, especially coming from someone like yourself. Well, that's kind of you to say. Phil, let me ask you this, uh, and we'll get into the magazine, because the magazine is awesome, as it always is. But are we going to have football this year? What's your gut? Uh, I'm thinking we will. I mean, uh, you know, looking at the, the way the situations are right now, if we do go to conference play, they just bought themselves an extra month to get this thing off. And uh, maybe the uh, the numbers start trending down and uh, we find out that everything's uh, – we can play some football. I, th- I think football is needed for the colleges, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Now, you and I were talking before we went on the air here. Your magazine is geared a lot towards conference play. So all the info in this magazine, even if every conference in America in the next 10 minutes decides we're only going to play conference games, you are still – I mean, this is still like the essential piece of information that any college football fan needs to have. So – uh, tell everybody who's unfamiliar with the magazine, because uh, our audience is growing by leaps and bounds, as I'm sure your your subscriptions and uh, your readership is growing each year. Tell everybody what the magazine's about, the type of information that's in it, and how they can get it. Well, I appreciate that, Patrick. The, uh, the magazine is like getting 130 different media guides rolled into one, except it's even better because all the information's in the same spot for every team. And it's faster than the Internet. As an example, if I said, who's the starting left tackle for Tulsa, you'd flip the Tulsa page and know exactly where to look. <laughs> if I said, who's the top Who's the top returning uh, rusher for uh, for East Carolina, yeah. you, you point right to the part on the page. Who's the starting uh, left tackle for somebody or who was to score from four years ago? You can find that information in seconds in the magazine, whereas all websites are set up differently probably 10, 15 clicks away. So faster than the internet, faster than having 130 media guys on your desk. And I did talk to about 110 of the head coaches this year. I believe every coach in the American conference mm-hmm. I talked to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get the, the two deep, three deep on each team. It's all on the pages, everything laid out in the same way. And I believe it's got four times the amount of information, any other preview magazine out there. Now, as you were talking about, all my conference forecasts, they're not geared on overall record. They're geared on conference record. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if we do go to conference record play, I've got everybody in the same spot that I would have if there wasn't uh, any non-conference games. So I, I think it all adds up. And then it, it, there's, now the difference this year, Patrick, from past years is in the past I've printed 200,000 magazines and gone national distribution and been all over. I didn't want to do that this year. Too big of a risk. So I was originally only going to print about – uh, 25,000 magazines and just sell them through the office. Then Barnes & Noble and Books A Million contacted me. We got exclusive contracts with them. They are the only ones handling it wow. uh, outside of our office. Or you can go to philsteel.com. That's philsteel.com. And as you touched on, we're shipping them out today. So if you order them today at philsteel.com, you'll have them in your hands in uh, one to three days priority mail. You know, we, we have these for years and years and years in the studios. Uh there's not a finer, uh, more comprehensive magazine, and there's not a greater read. Everybody was nervous around July 4th because, you know, that's about the time the magazine would come out traditionally, and everybody would uh, go on vacation with the magazine. I mean, I've done that for years. I, you know, I, I was looking forward to being in the mountains this year, reading my book, a little cup of coffee, 
60 degree mornings, low humidity. Uh, I had to talk to my wife instead. Love her, but it's no Phil Still Magazine this time of year. So let me tell you this, though. Uh, what you did this year, my friend, Yeoman's Effort, because you guys were nimble and uh, you took a great product that you put out and uh, you, you really reworked your plan to get it out it was amazing and what i loved about it when you follow phil on twitter we'll give him to give his twitter handle here because it's unique to phil um you 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 did something that i thought well, you kind of updated everybody on what was going on each day and it was just cool to just follow that chronology to be quite honest with you yeah i appreciate that it it is it's at at phil Steele 042 that's at phil Steele 042 and uh, I, I do, I mean, it's all I do is work on football. So, you know, when I do update something on Twitter, it is always about football and how the magazine's progressing. And in years past, we've sent that last page of the magazine, uh, Patrick, to the printer at the end of May religiously. Mm-hmm. And this year we had to move it back to the, to the middle of July. We just sent the last page off on July the 8th. And we're actually getting them back from the printers today, which is phenomenal. Uh, we've never had that kind of turnaround time before. The truck's supposed to pull in here any second. And once it does, we're shipping magazines out the door. It's amazing. Uh, PhilSteel.com, uh, the Phil Steel preseason magazine available for order now. Go to PhilSteel.com. And as he mentioned, follow him on Twitter at PhilSteel042. That's just the number combination, nothing necessarily, uh, uh, you know, no. uh, special Didn't about that. Didn't come up with it myself. <laughs> whatever, whatever guy set up my Twitter account, I guess Phil Steel wasn't available. And he's like... Can I use 042? And I go, what's Twitter? You know, because it was so many years ago. I don't care what you use on the doggone thing, but now I'm stuck with that combination. Well, that's okay. We got the ECU pages. Your guys advanced those to us, and we really appreciate it. You're really impressed with the way that Coach Houston's building his program. Now, you probably would have them on your most improved list, but ECU's schedule is a lot tougher than it was last year. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you look at, well, you know, the non-conference games now you wonder about, but, you right. know, Marshall at South Carolina, at Georgia State, there's really not a lot of easy ones. And you look at the four teams East Carolina beat last year, Gardner-Webb, William & Mary, Old Dominion, and Connecticut, those are four teams that combined for one win over an FBS opponent. You don't really have that this year. Plus, drawing a team like, you know, UCF, uh, it, the schedule itself in the American Conference is tough because the American Conference last year, Patrick, you know, your readers might not know this, but uh, I actually graded the American Conference the fifth toughest conference in college football mm-hmm. last year ahead of the ACC. So it was the first time ever in my magazine that it wasn't the Power Five were the first five spots. And then a drop off. I'm very impressed with the overall play of the American Conference last year. The slate for the American this year. I mean, I think you could argue this is the toughest conference slate that ECU's ever had. And I mean, the, the fact is, Phil, yeah. we could see improvement. Holt Naylor's back. You got the Garcia kid behind him uh, as the backup. On the, although I know Mike would like to redshirt him. Great receiving core. You know, they've shored up the offensive line fairly well. I think they had some holes there, and they used the transfer portal to to plug those up. Uh, I know Mike really likes his running back situation. So offensively, I don't think the Pirates are going to have a lot of problems scoring points, are they? No, and uh, you go back to you know what you talked about, the receivers. When you've got C.J. Johnson, Blake Prohl, Tyler Sneed, those are three of the better receivers in the conference. You know, Holden Aylers last year, I think it was after eight games, he had, what, a 7-7 ratio? And you're like, eh, he's okay. And then those last four games, he just blew up. A 14-3 ratio, 429 yards per game, and East Carolina's offense blew up. So I know Coach Houston would prefer to run the football, but when you've got that kind of combination at the quarterback and receiver, 
Uh, I think we will see the passing. The top three running backs are back. You add in an Arkansas running back and Chase Hayden coming in. Uh, it is going to be a potent offense. Now, my big question mark probably yeah. resides on that defensive line. Here we go. I mean, that's the issue, is it, Phil, defensively. There's going to be a lot of young guys on that side of the ball, young roster as it is. Uh, but up front, there's going to be a lot of questions. And uh, the secondary, there's a lot of questions right now. Yeah, and it, it's been a secondary that hasn't graded high in my past defense rankings the last two, three years, clearly. And uh, it, it'll be better this year, you know, adding a guy like uh, Nigel Knott from uh, Alabama, a nice plus in the secondary. So better, but is it among the top secondaries in the American Conference? No, not yet. Yeah. And the defensive line, probably my biggest question mark. I remember going over the, um, excuse me, going over the team with Coach Houston last year his first assessment of the defensive line was he likes size in that front seven. He didn't have any. They they were experienced, but it was a smaller unit than what he'd been accustomed to. And you don't gain or build that type of defensive line that you want overnight. It usually is about a three-year process to get that third recruiting class in there. Mm -hmm. So I don't think the defensive line is going to be up to Coach Houston standards until maybe next year. And next year it'll be an experienced defensive line with the size that he covets. But this year, all four starters are gone from up front. So even if you do add some size, you've lost a lot of experience. Yeah. And really, for ECU, there's only a couple of guys that would be on Phil's uh, all-conference preseason uh, second team. Xavier Smith uh, and Ramsor are, are those guys. Uh, and, and really, offensively, not a lot of uh, guys on uh, the first team. Uh, C.J. Johnson, a second-team guy. Deontay Smith, a first-team guy in the preseason for Phil. Uh, you do like the set. You do like the the uh, the the special teams unit for uh, ECU. Uh, obviously, with Verity returning, and you've got the uh, punting situation. Young, there's some competition there. Uh, we uh, know what Snead can do in the return game. When you are looking at this unit, you have them as one of the top units in the American Athletic. The special teams. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's been a while since uh, East Carolina's even ranked in my top fifty of the special teams. In fact, they hadn't for quite some time. Last year, they got up to number 41. This year, coming into the season, I've got them ranked number 25 heading into the wow. year. So this is a top 25 special teams. And to me, that, that shows you the strength of coaching because generally, you know, the coaches will have their offense or the defense, but the ones that are great on special teams uh, really show you that it's, a, you know, the complete package. And we've seen instant improvement, instant upgrades in that special teams area. So there are three units on East Carolina that actually rank in my top units in the front of the magazine. Quarterbacks, number 36. Receivers, number 31. Yeah. Special teams, number 25. And I don't think there was any units last year that ranked in my top units. Uh, Phil, what's your impression of uh, the American this year? You talked about it was a top five conference last year. Uh, as you look at it, uh, ECU right now is uh, kind of, you know, maybe at the bottom of, uh, of of the conference. But, I mean, I, I think you have the feel that the Pirates could be a pretty good football team or at least an improved football team as far as play on the field this year. So I think that speaks to the depth of the league in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, going through the American Conference and doing my conference forecasts, I mean, you know, I, I like Temple. I like Tulsa. I like Tulane. I like Houston. I like SMU, Navy, Cincy, Memphis. You see, there's there's hardly any teams I don't like. As yeah. mentioned, I had it rated the fifth best conference last year. Probably the one situation East Carolina is in better shape than would might be South Florida because South Florida's got a first time head coach that's had exactly one practice with this squad this year. 
But he's got talent returning, too, at USF. So I really like the talent level that the American Conference has. And I think the American Conference is, is clearly the front runner to grab the New Year's Day 6 bowl slot once again with the top team in the league. And last year, I really appreciate Memphis. I was about the only guy out there that said Memphis is going to be in the New Year's Day 6. I had to sweat it. They had some close calls down the stretch, but they got there. And, you know, with East Carolina, we saw last year, you go back to that Cincinnati game, that's a game where against a very good Cincinnati team, East Carolina had 35 first downs. They had a 650 to 450 yard edge, something in that area, really controlled the game, probably should have beaten Cincinnati, and Cincinnati was the number 17 team in the country. And then the next week, they gave SMU a good game. So I think they're capable of playing with anybody in the American Conference on any given Saturday. It's just that when you look at the scheme of things, the overall talent schedule that they play, how many times they're going to be an underdog during the course of the year. That's why I had to pick them towards the bottom. Yeah. Well, and the, the thing is, as you mentioned, USF, that's a road game for the Pirates. And, and with a young football team, road games are always tough. So, I mean, you know, outside of Norfolk State, uh, and a lot can happen. You know, I just I was talking to somebody about this the other day. You know, I, I just I don't know if you'd favor or if Vegas would favor ECU in any of these – you know, games off the jump right now. If you're if you're looking at it right now before the season starts, and go down the list, I, you know, I, I'm not sure they'd be a favorite necessarily in any of those. But things will change as the season goes on, as we know. We've got Phil Steele with us here. I'm so excited. I haven't reintroduced Phil to the audience. The great Phil Steele is uh, with us here. His preseason magazine is out. Um, let me ask you this: uh, Who's your? We always ask you this: who, Who's kind of your final uh, playoff four right now? If you know, if everything kind of stays as is right now. Oh, I'm going way outside the box on that one, Patrick. I'm going with uh, Alabama out of the SEC, believe it or not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, How about this? this? Clemson out of the ACC. Plucky upstarts. Ohio State out of the the Big Ten. And this uh, uh, Lincoln Riley. uh, Oh, Oklahoma (laughs) out of the Big 12. We know Lincoln Riley well here in Greenville, as you know. Yes, yes. And those would be my top four. Uh, you know, and I think they're pretty much everybody's top four heading into the year. Now, who could be the one that, uh, you know, comes out of the non-top ten teams and has a chance of yeah. making the playoff? Mm-hmm. Like Notre Dame did two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year I had Utah, my number one surprise team, and they almost made it. Had they won that Pac-12 title game, they would have got there. This year I'm going with Texas A&M. Uh, when I look at Texas A&M, I, I, when I talked to Coach Fisher last year, I was going through the team with them. After the call, two things struck me. The first thing was they were very young and they had a brutal schedule. And I told Coach Fisher then, I said, you know, Coach, I'm going to put you on my national cover next year because they figured to be more experienced and have a better schedule, and both of those things have happened. They've got 17 returning starters this year. The schedule really lightens up. Remember last year they took on three teams that were ranked number one in the country and they also took on the number four and the number eight teams in the country when they played them. And that's why they lost five games. They had a young team. They had very little experience. Well, the experience chart has jumped for them. They are all the way up to number 10 on my experience chart. 17 returning starters. It's Fisher's third recruiting classes. And East Carolina fans, third years are generally when head coaches make a big move. And that's what I think we'll see at East Carolina next year. And with uh, Coach Fisher, he's bringing in excellent recruiting classes, experienced team, softer schedule, add it all up. All they have to do is what LSU did last year. Go into Tuscaloosa, beat Alabama, and boom, <laughs> yeah. you find yourself in the playoffs. So it's uh, I, I, they are my number one surprise team this year. All right, you alluded to this. Uh, Mike Houston, you talked to a lot of coaches. Mike was one you talked to. I know you know Mike from 
uh, even dealing with him at the FCS level for a number of years. Uh, kind of give our listeners and Pirate Nation a little bit of your impressions because you talk to so many coaches. Uh, your impressions of of, uh, of Mike Houston? Uh, very impressed. You could tell that he ran a uh, a big time program at uh, James Madison and did extremely well. Uh, came in here with a plan, which I liked, uh, and knew the the deficiencies that East Carolina had and had a plan to correct each of the deficiencies. As I mentioned, I think that defensive line, you're going to see the defensive line he covets next year, not necessarily this year with the uh, inexperience they have. And uh, so I'm, I was very impressed. I'm very impressed every time I talk to Coach Houston. And I think he's going to get East Carolina turnaround. This was not a, you know, a lot of folks nowadays want to have that one-year turnaround thing. This program needed to be reworked. And when you need mm-hmm. the defense, which was built for small and speedy, to get bigger like they do, you don't do that overnight. And I, I really like what he's doing with East Carolina. And as you've mentioned, Patrick, I don't know if the results are going to be there this year where you've got to the five, six, seven wins. But I am looking forward to next year where I'm picking East Carolina. All right, Phil Steele with us here as we wrap things up. Phil, give me an idea of uh, where the folks need to go again uh, to pre-order. They're being done now. If you order today, uh, basically it'll be in your hands uh, by the weekend at the very latest early next week. Yeah, I appreciate that, Patrick. Once again, uh, you can order online, and that way you ensure yourself again the magazine. Uh, in years past, we printed a couple hundred thousand issues. We're only doing about 50,000. Just go to philsteele.com. That's S-T-E-E-L-E.com. When you go there, just go to the store, order yourself up a magazine. There's a the savings if you order two magazines because, you know, one of them gets dog-eared by the end of the year. But just go to philsteel.com. And if you want to wait or you can wait until it hits the bookstores, it won't be out everywhere like it has been in past mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. It's only going to be at Barnes & Noble or Books A Million. Just those two locations are the exclusive dealers of the magazine this year. So that's Barnes & Noble and Books A Million or philsteel.com. Hey, Phil, thanks a lot, as always, for the time. Hey, Patrick, I always enjoy the conversations, my friend. And uh, don't be a stranger. Let's do this again once the season starts. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do that. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Phil Steele, there he goes. Uh, always great to have him on. I like Phil's optimism about, uh, you know, how he feels there will be game. There's a lot of people out there, including Cowherd, who don't even think there will be uh, games this year. And... Uh, you know, I, 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 we didn't have a chance to get into it with Phil there because we, he's so busy there. This was one of like 14 radio hits he did today. And so, I, you know, to me, I, I, I'd be anxious to talk to Phil about, you know, how does he feel about, you know, if they do conference only, I think a lot of, as long as the SEC does not go conference only, I, I, I'm not sure save what the ACC may do. And we hope to have some more on that this week. I, I have to imagine that there is a, uh, uh, you know, that there are going to be games played in the non-conference for a lot of a lot of teams. And I'm being very positive on that. The first vaccine test in the U.S. for the coronavirus did pu- uh, did boost volunteers' immune system uh, to the virus, and that was what they had hoped for. Uh, Associated Press just putting this out. So uh, a final study on that starts this month. So I, I would take that as some good news. You know, so far today, what we've kind of, you know, we talked to Mike Houston yesterday. We've talked to Phil today. Uh, you know, that little piece of news from the AP, the governor reopening schools. I take all of this as very positive. And I understand it's probably hard for a lot of people to feel positive now when they're masking up if they don't want to. 
uh, where they're out. Uh, you know, a lot of cases, businesses are not back to full strength. Uh, you know, some people are still under the furlough in, in certain industries. I, I get all that, but I, I just, I view everything today as very positive. And I just, I feel like we're going to have an opportunity to get things going again. I mean, obviously what's going to happen with the NBA and the NHL, but I mean, look at the PGA tour. They had that little flare up. And I think that was with caddies kind of going off the bubble uh, or off the grid and away from the bubble. But by and large, the, the PGA has been able to move this bubble week to week to different places. Now they've been in Mirfield for two weeks or in a row in Ohio, but you know, by and large, the PGA has done a very nice job of, of kind of moving this along. And I think they're a great example of how to do this. So uh, I'm anxious to, to, to see where we go. I view everything as positive. I'm one of those I think we can have and should have uh, as of now, you know, high school sports. I think that's a good thing. We'll have our uh, Twitter poll update on that. Uh, the Tar Heel name coming under some scrutiny. And Cam Newton all still to come in this uh, program. But uh, we'll take a timeout when we come back. Uh, ben, with an update on what's going on in the world of sports, a lot of ECU news, kind of a mini pirate report. Uh, stay tuned. More of that to come. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Like us on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page for breaking sports news, pictures, and videos. Programming alerts and the latest from the ECU Pirates. The Patrick Johnson Show. He's the perfect stud muffin. He's a menace to society. Every weekday at 5 on 94.3 The Game. Uh, looking at uh, perhaps an isolated rain later on this evening, uh, then a low of 72 tonight. 92 tomorrow, 20% chance of rain, 20% chance of rain Thursday, a high of 91. 92 with no shot at rain right now Friday. The better rain chances appear to be for the weekend at this point. Uh, but nothing that would at least indicate now a total washout. 93 in Greenville and uh, heat index of 95. So uh, if you're out doing any kind of activities, uh, make sure you are uh, following uh, you know, the hydrated, loose clothing uh, advisories. Uh, for uh, heat like this in July. Uh, we'll have Ben's update coming up in a bit. First, I want to tell you to go to 943thegame.com, brand new website, brand new look, lots of things unveiled and will be rolled out on that in the coming days. Uh, that's where you can get the podcast of the show uh, or wherever you download your favorite uh, podcast, Google, Apple, et al. Uh, and uh, uh, you can uh, check us out there. I think Spotify in there as well. Game. Our website is you could check out a podcast of this show and other uh, past episodes of the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben Byram right now with uh, an update. ECU heavy at the top. Ben, what do you have for us? Thanks, Patrick. Ben Byram here for your 94 Through the Game Sports Update. Moments ago, Governor Roy Cooper announced a return to in-person learning in the state prompting a response from North Carolina High School Athletic Association Commissioner Q. Tucker. Tucker basically claims that the decision now puts the committee in a better position to decide whether there will be fall sports or not. Former ECU baseball head coach Hall Baird has been elected to the 2021 American Baseball Coaches Association Hall of Fame. As head coach of the Pirates, Baird led the team to a pair of ECAC South Championships and three NCAA tournament appearances. Meanwhile, Pirate women's basketball has added a new assistant women's head coach and Brittany Morris. Morris spent the previous three seasons as assistant head coach for UNCW as well as the recruiting coordinator. Pirate women's golf alum Dorothy Forbrig and ECU women's tennis alum Lisa Hoffbauer 
earned 2020 NCAA Women of the Year nominations. The honor is awarded to young women who excelled in athletics, academics, and service and leadership throughout their collegiate careers. College football ex-USC quarterback JT Daniels has been granted immediate eligibility to play at Georgia. The number three ranked pocket passer in the nation by ESPN is expected to compete for the starting job with Wake Forest transfer Jamie Newman. In the NFL mid-contract negotiation, sources report that star running back Derrick Henry and the Titans are expected to reach a long-term deal before tomorrow's deadline. The former Carolina Panther and now Seattle Seahawks tight end Greg Olson has signed a deal to be the number one, number two Fox Sports, an- Fox, Sports, Fox Sports analyst after his football retirement. If you're 94 through the game sports update, I'm Ben Barham. Now back to you, Patrick. Okay. Thank you, Ben. Uh, appreciate uh, that very much. Uh, Cam Newton, speaking of uh, former Panthers, Greg Olson, like Ben did there. Uh, Cam Newton uh, is uh, back on video. What platform was this, Ben? Was this Insta? Was this uh, uh, was this uh, Twitter? Was this uh, some other platform that is out? Was this TikTok? What was this that he put this video out on? This was on OBJ's podcast, Odell's podcast. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, yeah. there's, a, there's a couple of... Nuts. There's a couple of, of nut jobs for you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, so we'll have a little, uh, what's in a name UNC coming under a little bit of scrutiny for the Tar Heel name. Uh, the details on that uh, when we return. Log on to 943thegame.com for blogs about the Pirates program schedules and more. Here we go. We're back. Back to the P-Man. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. You can go your All right, we're looking at uh, kids headed back to school, it appears. A blended in-person and uh, remote learning situation. If you uh, missed it earlier today or uh, here on the show earlier in the hour, uh, this was the announcement from Governor Cooper. This is uh, cut one that we played at the beginning of the show. Uh, Hit it, Ben. Today we announced that North Carolina schools will be open for both in-person and remote learning with key safety precautions to protect the health of our students, teachers, staff, and families. This is the plan B that we ask schools to prepare. It's a measured, balanced approach that will allow children to attend but provide important safety protocols like fewer children in the classroom, social distancing, face coverings, cleaning, and more. All right, so uh, I think a good situation for uh, counties and school districts in the East. They kind of get to make their own decision and uh, do so with some parameters. And I think that's what a lot of people in, in academia and uh, in academics wanted. They wanted an idea of what direction they needed to go and, and they'll put plans in place. I really think uh, they will. Um, I'm uh, looking at this news came out today. It was kind of a matter of time before this had happened, you know, in, in light of what happened with the Redskins, but there's a, a group uh, and I can't get my monitor to stay on here, but it, basically it's a group that wants the Tar Heel name because of the, connection to Confederate soldiers who were known as Tar Heels in revolutionary times. Uh, they basically want that group uh, is calling for the Tar Heel name to be abolished from UNC. Now it'll be interesting to see how it out, right? Hey, because I, I'll a lot of the sucks, it sucks. I mean, if anything, <laughs> but a lot of those people who are in these decision-making roles, 
It's that generation that's, uh, you know, that Dean Smith loving generation, all Tar Heels all the time. So now that they've gone after that, it'll be interesting to see how that, uh, how that will be, you know, I'm surprised that some of the media outlets that reported it reported it. Uh, Cam Newton was going nuts on a, a podcast. Is that what you were telling me? I, I did not see this. Not only did he uh, r- look ridiculous, he sounded ridiculous. So. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, he talked about uh, – well, you, you know what he talked about, so go ahead and tell the folks what he talked about. All right. So this first cut, he basically claims that the Panthers texted him to inform him that he would be traded. So when it, so when it happened – I was like, bro, when they sent, they, it's like they sent the text, like, nobody called me. My agent called me, bro. And that's why I was, I was like, bro, it was a text sent. And then I was like, what? And then he called me, was like, man, yeah, man, I told them, don't just do that. Like, we're going to have to agree to what team you're going to be traded to. Mm-hmm. I said, this whole time, the owner couldn't call me. No. The GM couldn't, call, he, but but they called me after the fact. Basically, they called me, you know, what I'm saying with the with 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 the the decision already made. Yeah. You know, it was in the book. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, you know, and I'm talking to them I'm like, bro, like you, you, I'm gonna be professional. You know, what I'm saying I'm gonna I answer the phone call, yes sir, no sir. That's how my mom raised me. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, bro, y'all got some nerve, bro. Like I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a warrior, bro. All right, in this next cut, he basically talks about how he insisted that he never wanted to leave Carolina. I done gave this whole city, I gave this whole franchise, I gave the coaches everything, my mind, my body, my soul, my heart. And this how y'all treat me, bro? And I said it in the interview before, I never once wanted to leave. Y'all pushed me out because y'all didn't believe in me. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, it was like, he's not healthy yet? No, get rid of him. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, that's a legitimate com- concern, his health, right? It is. Uh, it should be. It should be. You, we want lo- longevity at the quarterback position in today's NFL. That's why well, you see I, the I, Chiefs I, locking yeah. up guys for 10 years, <laughs> you know, with Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. You want longevity and you want guys that can last, durability. You don't but want he, a guy for two you know, years. The way he had played, it lent itself to him taking a lot of shots, and I think it was a wear and tear. I think it was very legitimate, personally. But, uh, you know, I get it. I get that they would question that, and, and, and I'm fine with Cam again letting that be his motivation, being a chip on his shoulder. I mean, let, it's he and Steve Smith are the faces of the franchise all time. I mean, let's be realistic about that, right? I mean, I know people like Keekley, but I mean... No, it's Cam and Steve Smith for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's one and, and one A, and then, I mean, everybody else is at a very high level, but a level be- below those two. Would you agree with that? If you're talking about so, pop culture and relevancy, it's going to be Steve Smith and Cam Newton. Not necessarily yeah, I mean, talent, but relevancy. Well, but it'd be faces of the franchise, correct? Exactly. So, I mean, to me, that that is why, in, in a way, you have to... Uh, understand his perspective of it. now. I love the scenery of this. I, I've just seen now the video of this, and he's he's in at like a regal dining, like a like a, a high fancy dining room in a house, and uh, he's in kind of a, a a typical kind of nutty cam outfit. So the visual of this is fantastic, by the way. 
Uh, we'll have more on that tomorrow. There'll probably be some more cam audio. Thanks to Phil Steele for joining us. It was always, uh, I mean, I mean, I love talking to Phil every year. It was a delight to talk to him. It was great. Uh, and uh, thanks to Ben Byram. Great job as always. Uh, back tomorrow, midweek edition. Join us then. <laughs>